Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters. In this week's market update, shares suffer their worst quarterly fall in more than a year. The World Bank warns on prospects for China. And is it time to invest in bonds? The end of September brought a difficult third quarter for investors to a close. It was the first negative calendar quarter of 2023 and the worst quarterly drop in share prices since the second quarter of last year. The S&P 500 lost 3.7% in the three months to September, while the Nasdaq was 4.1% lower than at the end of June. The fall came despite continuing positive news on inflation with the announcement at the end of last week that the core personal expenditures index, the Fed's preferred measure, fell from 4.3% in July to 3.9% in August. While that's the lowest level for that index in almost two years, it remains nearly twice the Fed's inflation target, which supports the theory that interest rates are likely to remain higher for longer. The Fed indicated as much a week earlier when it published so-called dot plots of rate setters' expectations for the future direction of interest rates. These left open the possibility of one more rate hike this year and then a slower-than-expected decline in rates from the peak. The bond market has responded to this tighter interest rate outlook with higher yields. The 10-year Treasury bond now yields 4.6%, more than at any point since 2007, having risen by more in September than in any other month this year. At the start of September, they stood at 4.1%. Bond yields, as we know, move in the opposite direction to bond prices. Bond yields might be expected to ease back in anticipation of falling interest rates, so what's going on? Well, probably two things. First, Continuing big fiscal spending in the US and associated budget deficits, even during an economic expansion, make investors nervous about the amount of bonds that the government will have to issue in future. That tends to push yields higher, as investors have to be persuaded harder to plug the gap. Second, the so-called term premium rises. That's the extra yield that investors demand to lend money for longer periods. The thinking here is that when there's more risk of inflation in years to come, investors require more compensation for lending at a fixed rate of interest, as is the case with bonds. A third reason why bond yields are rising might be that rising rates in the rest of the world, notably in Japan, could be persuading investors in Asia to repatriate money that's currently sitting in the safety of US treasuries. That too reduces the number of buyers willing to finance the US government's deficit. One of the consequences of rising bond yields is that the interest rate on new US mortgages is now close to 8%. Thanks to the prevalence of long fixed rate mortgages in America, that's not yet feeding through into the average cost of home loans. But at the margin, it provides a significant headwind for the US economy. Whether or not the US is heading towards recession remains the key question for investors right now. Share prices also fell in Europe in the three months to September, registering the first negative performance since markets started to rally last October. As in the US, investors have been getting to grips with the idea 
that interest rates will stay higher for longer, despite evidence that inflation is falling on this side of the Atlantic too. Inflation data showed a decline from 5.2% in August to 4.3% in September at the headline level, and a slightly smaller drop for the core measure, which excludes energy and food costs, from 53 to 4.5%. Headline inflation continues to be affected by a 35% rise in the oil price since the summer, as energy investors price in lower output from key producers like Saudi Arabia and Russia. Oil is currently priced at $95 for Brent and around $91 for a barrel of WTI, the US contract. Over on the other side of the world, Chinese share prices received a welcome boost at the end of last week. Although the mainland Chinese markets were closed and will be for the rest of this week as the country celebrates Golden Week, Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index was up 2.5%, boosted by a 3.8% rise in the Hang Seng Tech Index. The trigger for that was a change in the rules on data transfers by China's top internet regulator. Tencent and Alibaba, two key Chinese internet stocks, were both up strongly. The good news for Chinese stocks may be short-lived if investors start to focus on this week's gloomy assessment of the outlook for China and the rest of Asia from the World Bank, which has warned that the region's developing economies are set to grow at the slowest rate in 50 years. Even though the Chinese authorities have already cut their forecast for growth this year to 5%, one of the lowest projections in decades, the World Bank and others are sceptical that even that level of growth can be achieved. The bank now forecasts growth of 4.4%, down from the 4.8% it expected in April. And significantly, it's reduced its forecast for other Asian economies. Its forecast for the region as a whole, including China, has been cut from 4.8% in April to 4.5%. That's the slowest pace of growth since the 1960s, other than during periods of crisis, such as the COVID pandemic, the oil shock of the 1970s, and the Asian financial crisis in the 1990s. China is battling with retail sales below pre-pandemic levels, with rising household debt, and with stagnant house prices. Its economy is also struggling to transition from an export-led model, which is being hit by lower demand in the West, and a reliance on property and infrastructure-led growth. And it's not just China. Goods exports are down more than 20% year-on-year in Indonesia and Malaysia, and by more than 10% in Vietnam. Rising US-China trade tensions were, for a while, a positive for other emerging Asian countries. But the introduction of the Biden administration's Inflation Reduction Act and other protectionist restrictions have hit a broader range of countries too, in favour of those closer to the US, such as Canada and Mexico. Now, coming back to the rise in bond yields and the likelihood that they could remain elevated for some time, the question arises, is now the time for investors to shift their focus towards fixed income investments? As yields increase, the risk-reward balance moves in favour of bonds. Certainly, the 40 side of the traditional 60-40 balance portfolio is looking more attractive than it did during the difficult interest rate hiking cycle as we emerge from the pandemic. While the temptation to park money in cash is real, with risk-free rates of 5% or so now easily available, 
The danger is that when central banks do finally pivot to easier policy, those returns will quickly fall. By contrast, a bond offers a similar yield and provides some upside potential as well because bond prices will rise as interest rates fall. Locking in a good yield today and then benefiting from rising prices in due course could lead to some attractive total returns. With earnings forecasts already pretty optimistic and stock market valuations having bounced back from last October's lows, bonds look compelling by comparison. Please be aware the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may not get back what you invest. This information does not constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision, nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. Investors should also note that the views expressed may longer be current and may have already been acted upon. Reference to specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. It is meant for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. Issued by Financial Administration Services Limited, authorised and regulated in the UK by the Financial Conduct Authority. Fidelity, Fidelity International, the Fidelity International logo and F symbol are trademarks of FIL Limited.